When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From a top secret network of highly secure locations across South Texas, this is the Spurs Insider Podcast, brought to you by Taco Palenque, where you can get the best fajitas in Texas. Stop by any of the Taco Palenque locations and try the limited time chicken al pastor, quesadilla, and pirata. Don't forget to pair it with an ice cold frozen margarita. Try the lime, mango chamoy, and for a limited time, guapa. Taco Palenque keeps San Antonio cool and well-fed and is the best pre- or post-game meal for watching the Spurs. And the 281 location near Evans Road is outstanding. There you go. Uh, that's an endorsement from Tom Orsborne, who is, as always, is joining us on our panel this week. He's a Spurs B writer for the Express News. We also have Jeff McDonald from the Ex- Express News. I am Mike Finger. The three of us are are back in, in our highly secure locations after taking New England by the storm, watching this year's Nate Smith Basketball Hall of Fame enshrinement class, which included Pau Gasol. It included Dirk Nowitzki. It included Dwayne Wade. It included Jeff, included Jeff McDonald's personal favorite. I think that was uh, Gene Best, the, uh, the, uh, the, the spry all-time leader in junior college victories. And it also had and it also had a couple of fellas uh, known around these parts. Uh, Becky Hammond and a couple of fellas known as Tony Parker and Greg Popovich. We will start with Tom Orsborn. This was his first trip to Springfield, Massachusetts, his first trip to Symphony Hall. What are your impressions after watching this star-studded class getting in trial? My maiden voyage was memorable, uh, very memorable. Um, enjoyed the whole thing. Uh, the the ceremony, the program was really, really smooth, really good. Speakers were good. I, I particularly liked Tony Parker. I thought he was really genuine, just relaxed and uh, quite humorous. Um, but Pop Pop was great. You know, he pulled the curtain back, showed us his his family. Um, intensely private individual, but he was very generous in, in including his family, showing them to the basketball world. Um, yeah, Becky, Becky's uh, uh, moment where she thanked Pop was uh, very memorable for what, you know, the uh, impact that she's he's had on her life. So, yeah, it was a really great uh, experience. Loved being up there. Jeff, what sticks out to you? Um, that, that casino in Uncasville has a lot of good dining options. Um, we, we didn't play the slots or anything, but that's where they have the, uh, press conference the day before. And so, uh, you get to see both Connecticut and Massachusetts on that trip. You can, you can knock out a lot of New England. So that's what I remember. Anything surprised you from any of the speeches? Um, no, I wouldn't say surprised. 
I wouldn't say surprise, but I did. I I did want to echo what Tom said. I I thought one of the things that just stuck out to me maybe was um, how much Pop's family played into his speech, which I don't think is a surprise. I mean, we we know that he loves his family and they were a big part of his journey. He's just been very, as Tom said, very very private about about that part of his life. And I don't know, it humanized him a little bit, like when he made his grandchildren stand up and and wave. Um, you know, it, 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 he, he seems like less like uh, the winningest basketball coach in NBA history and tormentor of sports journalists everywhere and more like just like a, a doting grandpa. So that was kind of, was just kind of fun, fun for me to watch, fun for me to see. Um, the rest of it, it was, it was pretty par for the course. And it was just a nice night. We kind of talked about this last week, but it was a good night for the whole Spurs family to get together and sort of celebrate that group one last time because yes it was tony going in yes it was pop going in but each time any of those guys went in you you do you think of do you think of tim tony and manu all together and to see them all up on a stage together along with david robinson for for pop's induction particularly i mean I, i don't know how a spurs fan can watch that and not just reflect on how how just dead gum lucky they've gotten from uh in this in this city for the past Three, dec- three decades or more. It's sort of the last time hearing those stories in a way. Um, and and some of them have become old hat. And, and it's like we've, we've been through this cycle. We've talked about this before of um, a player retires. Tim Duncan retires. And you kind of reflect on that. And then Tim Duncan's jersey is retired. And you have that night. And then he's elected to the Hall of Fame. And then he gets his Hall of Fame speech. We've had that cycle of reflection for three of these guys, plus, you know, the Pop Hall of Fame thing, to where a lot of these, uh, a lot of these speeches are speeches that Spurs fans have heard in various forms multiple times in recent years, and this is kind, this might kind of be the last time, uh, unless you know you have a Greg Popovich um, Blazer retirement um, at the AT and T Center. That might be another chance to. For, for Tim, Tony, and Manu to all come together. But there there was definitely a sense of this is kind of tying the bow on yeah. that era. Uh, I don't yeah, I don't I don't think we're gonna have an opportunity to sort of share those stories again. I will say I'm not going to be shocked if this if this isn't the last time we go to Springfield to uh witness the induction of a of a man from that championship era, because I think R.C. Buford has a decent yeah, chance to Absolutely, he shouldn't be on. I don't think it'll be the same kind of kind of celebration. I, I think players, uh, fans relate more to players and then possibly coaches more than they do front office executives. But R.C. was as as much a part of that run as anybody, and I I I wouldn't be surprised if he's if he's in a class in in some year to come and. I would almost be surprised if he's not at some point. I don't know if that's if it's imminent, but I think he's a guy that they're definitely going to look towards putting in the hall at some point. Well, Pop made it a point of pointing out that R.C. Buford was the man who uh, deserved to be standing next to him on that stage. And uh, just one of many, many moments when there were tears in the eyes of both Greg Popovich and the people listening to him. The, the, the Pop-Becky moment that Tom mentioned earlier was one of those where these these two people are basically balling, looking at each other. Uh, RC, um, on down the line, um, 
the other potential spur going into the Hall of Fame within the next decade or so. Um, and and Nick Talbot is listening in, our sports editor. He he's he asked not to be introduced, but I, I'm wondering, Jeff, are you going to petition Nick Talbot Nick Talbot in 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 ten years to go to the Kawhi Leonard uh, Hall of Fame? I'll I'll answer that question. But I think we might be skipping one because someone pointed out this out to me or just floated this out to me is maybe this is the next Spurs-related player yeah. to be to be inducted. What do we think about LaMarcus? Does he get out at any point? I'm not so it's such a weird Hall of Fame. You're, if you, it, it is the most open of the major sports Hall of Fames. Like if if Lamarck if you put LaMarcus Aldridge's career by like baseball. Cooperstown Hall of Fame standards. You don't think he gets in. But look back at last year, uh, the the class alongside Manu was the was the second biggest name, Tim Hardaway. Yeah, is it is he at least as worthy as Tim Hardaway? I don't even take anything away. It's interesting. It's and it's really interesting. Those are both great points, and you're both right. Um, yeah, I think I think he does get in eventually, but you know, and and is he really worthy of it? You know, by baseball standards, I, I don't know, but uh, I think he will get in. I, I think your only knock on Lamarcus is he, he never won much of anything. You know, it wasn't even just he didn't win a title. They were never really title, con- title contenders, either in Portland or in the latter part of his year in uh, San Antonio. Maybe you look at it as, you know, if they do pull it out the year Kawhi gets hurt in, in, in Golden State, you know, Lamarcus is on that team and a huge part of that team. If they do get to the finals that year, if they do win the finals that year, is does that change the entire conversation around Lamarcus Aldridge? I think maybe it, it might. From my secure location, I just pulled up a a web page on Basketball Reference uh, that keeps track. And I, I realize these these decisions on entrapment are not um, totally like stats based. There's a lot of factors that go into it. Like Jerry Colangelo sort of runs the thing. And if he wants you in, you're in. But it is an interesting um, kind of algorithm that Basketball Reference uses to determine Hall of Fame probability. And for instance, like David Robinson uh, was 1,000 based on just his stats. Right now, Stephen Curry, Chris Paul, look at active players. LeBron James, Kevin Durant are all listed as 1,000. James Harden is 99.99. Russell Westbrook is 99.94. Um. Anybody want to guess what the number next to Lamarcus Aldridge is? No, but why don't you tell us? Well, I just lost it. Talk, oh, talk while I look. Talk, talk while I look. Who else? Talk amongst ourselves. What is this coffee? Talk, talk amongst ourselves. Steve, Steve Kerr will go in one day as a coach. Uh, you uh-huh. know, whatever that's worth. He does have the spur. Spur tie is part of the family. Yeah, and um, uh. Okay, here we go. Lamarck Aldridge, 50%, basically, 50.89%. Edney did a little coin toss to get in. Oh. DeMar DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan, 42%. Oh. Um, I want to see, let's see if I can do a little search here and see what the, the guy who just went in, what did, Tony Parker was 93.8%. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of, I, I don't, I can't explain to the viewers slash listeners exactly what all goes into this, but, uh, See, like, here's here's another thing. Manu Ginobili was listed at twenty percent, but it's a it's a that's based on NBA numbers only. 
It doesn't necessarily measure FIBA, which is a huge part of Manu's. Yeah. Uh, but Manu was Manu was elected by the North American Committee. It wasn't for FIBA. Correct. I mean, correct. I think but I think the North American Committee considered. It's hard for them to throw out. Um, part of the resume that they're right. not supposed to consider. It's like, but also the, the judge instructs the jury ignore that outburst that just came from the gallery. Well, the jury is still going to to pay attention to whether they're supposed to or not. Also, I think in some sense, titles matter. And him him being a central part of, of one of, if not the preeminent team of his NBA team of his, we're talking about motto here of his era. Uh And I think that that plays huge in that. Well, I, I know that would be an argument against LaMarcus. Well, I'm, I'm looking at the, at the ex- explanation of the Hall of Fame probability on basketball reference, and that it does include that stuff. It does count championships. So even with the championships factored in, and this may be a flaw in the in the model, it only had Mono at twenty percent and still has Lamarcus at fifty. But I, I guess this this does prove your point that it's definitely a possibility that Lamarcus gets in. It's a possibility that De- Demar Derozan gets in. Um, so there could be some others. But were you going to answer the Kawhi thing? It's oh, am I going to? If if you still have your job, and that's the longest shot here. If you still have your job, what does basketball Leonard go through about the probability I still have my job in ten years? That's listed at negative one percent. Okay. Um, but if if you did, would you go to the Kawhi? Oh, it's uh, I. Do you really think we should cover that? Do you want me to answer this honestly? Yes, like should the San Antonio Express? Well, it's going to make me feel go out so like such a, a jaded beehole. That what else is no? It has nothing to do with Kawhi. I just I know that it's not an enjoyable trip. It's not a fun okay. thing to cover. You don't get to really talk to anybody. Um, more than maybe a question at the Friday press conference if you happen to like uh, have enough histrionics to get to get called upon. Um, you're watching. <laughs> you're watching the. You're watching the. Uh, ceremony from basically a back room yeah you can wander into the crowd if you want but the workroom isn't anywhere you're watching on a, on a tv monitor uh-huh. and like not for nothing it's a hard place to get to i, I might be it's might be recency bias like getting back from that for me was a nightmare like, again yeah. i'm getting stranded in uh i was gonna say washington dc but i didn't even get get that satisfaction like, i got stranded in virginia yeah at dulles for an extra night like it's just the whole thing is just not 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 my favorite thing to cover. So it has nothing to do with Kawhi. I know Spurs fans would like me to say, "Heck no, I don't want to go see that guy," but it has nothing to do with that. It's just not a it's not a fun event to cover. And I didn't want to have to give that answer and sound like a genie to be old, but I guess I am. So that's uh, that's why it comes out that way. Yeah, Tom, Tom, you were trying to interject there. Well, I did, I I had a smooth flight from. Uh... Well, we now, yeah, thanks. Hard to do me any good. Hartford to Chicago O'Hare sat next to a delightful uh, longtime teacher slash administrator with the Chicago School District. We had a delightful conversation. Are you one of those annoying people that talks to the person next to them on Flyce? She, she looked at my book and she asked me about the book I was reading. I looked at hers, did likewise, and it was, we we're off to the back. Oh, jeez. This yeah, is, this is like this is why God invented headphones. <laughs> well, I was on one of those small jets. You know, it was two seats, side by side. I would rather pretend I was deaf than have to talk to the person next to me yeah. on a flight, and that's yeah. even if it was Mike Finger. 
Maybe especially if it was Mike Finger. I understand that. Yeah. Mike Finger does not talk on flight. Uh, that is 100%. Um, That's why we travel well together. It is. Yeah. We never speak. The, the Jeff does have a point. Like, that's not the smoothest. It's it's not run by the NBA Final Four, or not the Final Four, the Hall of Fame. Um, it's it's kind of just a TV event. And uh, it's it's... It's not the it's not the smoothest thing to cover. The listeners don't care about this. The readers don't care about what's smooth for us. Uh, but it was not answering honestly. Yeah, that I appreciate that. I appreciate the, that. the question that was posed to me. Um, did, I mean, did the I, other? Did, did, do you want me to answer maturely? Do I have to answer that, maturely? That was uh, one of the fun highlights from Friday at the casino in Uncasville, Uncasville, Connecticut, home of the Mohegan Sun. Uh, where we've been a couple of years in a row. Uh, report there for our for our press conference that's carried live on NBA TV. That's basically just providing content for NBA TV, and the reporters are sort of uh, unconsequential to the whole affair. You can think by ES. I would say like ESPN is raising their hand uh, and can't get a question because no one knows who the reporters are. So you get six questions from some podcast that has. Well, now, now I'm bashing my own pot. You know, that's some pot. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should have introduced ourselves as from Spurs and Sire podcast. That's right. That's so right. some brand of news. No one's ever heard of Express News, but the Spurs Insider podcast has some cachet out there. The Express News did get a question of Greg Popovich at this thing, and it was just the most perfect thing. Greg Popovich mocks the whole thing what what does he say it was about tony and he said you asked what you asked did you asked uh what he had learned what tony had learned from him and he had learned vice versa what part right. had learned from tony and and pop did this thing where we've talked about this in recent years uh he, he answers with the cadence of a joke which when i think he's sort of telling the truth he said i didn't learn a dang thing tony taught me nothing he said what did he say uh uh he, he I he did whatever I told him to, and now he's in the Hall of Fame. Just just made a mockery of the whole question. Speak sort of uh, sort of with the with with the tinge of some truth in there, and then uh, he turns to Lisa Salters, who's moderating the whole thing, and he's, he's what was it? Uh, now do I have to answer this maturely? Which was just a perfect way for him to go into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I kind of him. It made me want to take Lisa Salters on the road with us, like all year long. Because yeah. on the road, he doesn't have anyone to make him ask, answer maturely. It would have just been that would have been the end of quote. But then he uh, he rips uh, he ends up ripping Lisa Salters, who interrupted one of his jokes or one of his jokes about Becky. That was, that was a funny moment. Yeah, I heard when he he asked where the heck Becky Hammond was. She didn't even show up. Lisa Salters politely says she has a game tonight, coach, and Pop says you just ruined the whole joke. Um, and so that, that. I know that. I know that. I know that. It's not the best event in the world uh, to to cover. But all right, yeah, you want me to? Moments. You want you want me to be? I, I this is this is all this is also a true part of your answer, and I will I will be a little softy and say you know as someone that was around for that whole for the bulk of that run, um. You know, I started covering the Spurs in 07, 08, when it felt like all those guys were ancient. But I did yep. get more of Tim's career and definitely Manu and Tony's career than, than anybody. Um, 
to have been along for that ride and that even that part of the ride, um, it, it was it was it was it it it, it was nice to be in the building when they are inducted in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's it's a cool thing. And like it was, the, putting, it was almost like putting a bow on it for me as well, like for my own interactions with these men over the years. So I, I'll I will I will admit to that. And I'll say, like, both uh, Amano and Tony seem like they appreciated having you there. We, we talked to Amano the day before this last induction. We were up there for his thing last year. And uh, those, I think those, you're, you were the guy in the locker room with them for the bulk of their career, and they both give you some nice little, uh, some props there when they see you at those things. I think that's cool that you get to have that. What about when one Victor Wembanyama goes then in 2048? I'm hoping we're all dead by then. I think there's a chance that will be will be true. Um, the the another thing we can talk about about this um, so-called end of an era is the idea that the Spurs don't necessarily see it that way. Um, you're the host of this podcast had a column in a newspaper the other day. I don't know if people still still read the newspaper about how um, on one hand. Yeah, like I said earlier, the the these stories aren't going to get told again in Springfield. It's the last time this group's going to go in uh, together. It's the last time it's going to feel this way. It's the last sort of huge Spurs family reunion in Springfield where they've had a bunch of those in recent years. And it's really cool to see how many different people from around the league come back that are coaches, that are front office people, that are players on other teams, um, that, that all kind of intersected with this group. But talking to some people on the team that are that are gonna still be around it's like they don't necessarily see it as an end of an era be, partly because Greg Popovich is still around in the next one and part of it is all those guys Manu and Tim especially Tony's sort of around but Manu and Tim are around this next group pretty much on a day-to-day basis Manu's in the front office Tim basically lives at the practice facility they see this as kind of a continuation of what was built 25 years ago and I think that's kind of a cool way to look at it too that that it, it it might be putting a bow on the big three thing but the big three are are that influence is still around pop the the the, the coach of the whole thing is still going to be around and uh you know I, I think that a lot of pro franchises talk about building family and stuff like that a lot of times it's cliche but there definitely it is this overarching uh, set of relationships that exists with this franchise, partly because one coach has been coaching for more than a quarter century. But um, I, I think I, when you talk to Victor Wembanyama or Jeremy Sohan or Keldon Johnson in 10 years, I think they're going to feel connected to the, the Tim, Tony, Manu teams in a way, don't you? I think it's still part of the same thing as long as Pop is still around. Yeah, when he's when he's finally when he finally, you know, steps away for good, and is not part of the thing for good, for, for good. I wonder what that's going to look like and and feel like. I wonder if you know is Tim Duncan going to still be hanging around? Is Manu still going to be hanging around? If if their link to that is gone, I I, ben, I don't know the answer to that. Like it's just something to see in it. You know, we've done what Pop signed what a five year deal, and people asked us, very other reporters um, asked us when they bumped into us in Springfield, like, is he going to coach the whole five? And we said, probably not. 
But there's a, a there's a path there for him to finish in the front office, and maybe when he's still in the front office or, or in some kind of advisory role, maybe that connection is still there. But when he's gone for good, I'm wondering what those links are going to look like. Well, I would I would say that what you just said is very fair. Um, I would also add, I'm not one on the to make grand predictions, but I feel pretty confident that the coach who takes over for Pop will be someone who either played or coached for Pop. Sure. So maybe there will be some kind of carryover there. It won't be, it, it'll be different. Like you said, it won't be Pop over Singhold, but um, I feel like there'll be a connection there. And I don't think R.C. Buford's going to leave a CEO anytime soon. And that, that's a much different um, sort of relationship with yeah. the CEO type of guy overseeing the whole organization. But there's definite continuity there. And uh, so on the one hand, while you know Spurs fans took this last weekend as a chance to look back, there's definitely a lot of reasons to look forward, not just Victor Wembanyama, but just the whole thing moving forward. A lot, a lot of reasons for, for hope and encouragement. I mean, one, one, one reason to look forward is this uh, uh, in-season tournament they're going to have this year. You could host for me next, next time. It's uh, going to be amazing. We we needed to get to that. We in our little pre podcast huddle. We didn't need to get to that. Come on. We we talked about what what we could we allowed our thirty minutes with, and you're getting us there before we end up. Uh, uh, the the NBA releases its schedule this week. By the time you listen to that, this you might have access to the complete schedule. What we have access to right now is the in game in season tournament. What the NBA announced uh, schedule. Well, the NBA announced the other day are four regular season games that are already on the schedule somewhere. So there's like a sneak peek. It's a sneak peek. We already uh, knew the group they were in. Like, I give the NBA credit for, like, milking these announcements into, like, uh, uh, television the, the specials, NFL. television specials on, on ESPN and stuff. But, yeah, we had, a, we had a television special on ESPN to announce four random regular season games a, a couple days early. Right. But now we know that we can make our plans for yeah, November 10th against Minnesota. What's noteworthy about that um, is no team in the NBA has those this four random. Yes. No, no team in the NBA has more of those random midseason tournament games on national TV than your local pagers. We already know, though, before the schedule is even, I mean, we could have predicted. But we know for a fact, like you know, the first batch, the four games, they have three on national champion on uh, national television. They already in that in that batch of four games, they already have more games on national television than they had all of last season. Maybe the last two seasons combined. Maybe uh, uh, yes, the last two seasons combined. And I mean, and and that's even if you include the play uh, play in game from two seasons ago. Yeah, they had one last year and one the year before. And three in the uh, in, season, in in season tournament, and I think that portends a lot of national television games on the full schedule and is released later this week. So I think oh, well, no Spurs fans, anymore, right? Yeah, no Christmas game as far as the reporting goes, which is a little so surprising it's to me. Us. Yeah, it's a little surprising to me until you look at the list and you're like, who would you knock off? Oh well, there's no one there that you just. Is an obvious candidate to be to be kicked out of the Christmas game schedule. So um, you kind of realize there's only uh, you know only a third of the league gets a gets a Christmas day game. So 
And one of them is always going to go to LA, the Lakers. One of them is always going to go to the Knicks. One of them is always going to go to the defending champion. And then the various, you know, your Warriors are already going to get, always going to get one bucks because of, of Giannis. So uh, I wasn't completely shocked once I sat down. But anyway, proceed with the NCAA tournament talk. Well, we don't need to talk about the NCAA. All the NCAA tournament. Let's, let's, let's yeah. talk about who's going to win it. All this yeah. is, to be, to be, be completely serious, it's a way to, um, it's a way to motivate players to play in that part of the schedule where it's really easy to take not only players, because I, I shouldn't put this on the players. It's not the players who try to sit out. It's it's a way to motivate teams and players to to care about things over the season. Do you think do you think well, do you think the Lakers care about the NBA Cup? The Warriors are gonna care about the NBA Cup. The winner gets a million dollars. Or, or some kind of with the, the isn't that right? The five hundred thousand each player gets a, a monetary bonus. Like, yeah, that's that's really what it is. It's a way to to get them on the court early in the year. Um, games that most people. Yeah, okay. Here's here's something we here's something we can we can chew over. ESPN's Bobby Marks suggested he would like to see the winner of the NBA Cup get an automatic bid to the um, playoffs at the end of the year. A, what do we think? A, what do we think about that? And B, who do you think it would motivate the most? Well, it would motivate the, the bad teams the most. Uh, I agree with that, but I also think you might see more motivation out of like the LeBrons of the world, LeBron teams of the world. It's just like, yeah. hey, we got our spot. We can. We can. We can yeah, I still not so sure. Later. I'm not totally sure. I love that. The older teams. Yeah. The team when the whole season tournament. Ends up with a bunch of injuries and still makes the playoffs. I don't know. Right, that's not great. Well, here's the thing about the whole in-season tournament thing. It's modeled on soccer, and I am oh. by no means the the. I don't think anybody on this podcast is a soccer expert. Oh, uh, the rest of the world call that's what they call a uh, uh, football. Right, right. But but to be just filling you in to be to be serious here, the reason they're in-season tournaments and soccer football as the rest of the world calls it is because those in-season tournaments include teams from different leagues like you have the 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 your the english premier the listeners now are screaming because they realize how little i know about soccer but you have like the, the english premier league teams playing against the teams from other leagues in europe in games that wouldn't happen in their own league whereas the nba is doing it as part of their regular schedule. It's a completely different beast, and it just seems silly to attempt. Um, but they're doing it, like I said, to to motivate teams and players to care about these early season games, uh, maybe trick a few fans into thinking it's like hugely meaningful to care about some of these games they wouldn't care about otherwise. That's fine. But tying it to a, tying a postseason berth to how that team plays in what six seven games that doesn't at first i thought what's the harm now the more i think about it the more, that seems like a terrible idea um and i'm against it mm-hmm. um i guess but, i yeah that's that's fair i also think it's hard to see a team winning that have the uh, nba cup that wasn't going to make the playoffs anyway like you know, how how often do you see a team get really hot in November, or December, and then flame out? Like it happens a lot. Like yeah, once so. the Pelicans, the Pelicans were one of the hottest teams in the league, right? Each of the last couple of years, 
Hey, I remember, remember last year? Remember last year when uh, the the Spurs won two of three? Yeah. They were God. <laughs> but anyway, to tie this, so to tie a bow on this. The the point is, you're kind of little bows today. I'm just well, telling you, it's part of the theme. That's why that's why I brought it back. It's a it's a motif of this podcast. Very tank or something. It's bow tying, and uh, the the local cagers are <laughs> are going to be on national TV as much as most anybody in the league this year. Um, the people are people are caring about San Antonio basketball again across the NBA because of what's happening in the future because of their young kid. This is coming right after a week in which the whole basketball world paid homage to what the Spurs were over the past 20 years. It's it's all coming together. Uh, the past was fun to think about. The future is fun to think about, especially if you have a pirata from our sponsor, Taco Palenque. For people who don't know, like I've had many of these over the years. I, I can honestly say it's not just because they're a sponsor of the podcast. One of my go-to orders is the pirata, which is a bean and cheese taco with fajitas in it. Like, what's better than that? It's great. So could could you say that's been both part of your past and your future? It's been part of my past and my future. Both, as anyone who knows me will attest, like I, I just see the positive in everything. My past, my future. And that's the same for the Spurs. What about the president? Oh, you never listened. Presence never great, but the past is great. The future is great, and that that goes for our listeners of the podcast. Uh, until we see you next time, probably in September. Take care of each other and keep it real. <laughs>